This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Here we are with Tim McIndoe in the studio with me, and a very good morning to you, Tim. Reverend Sir, good morning to you, and good morning to those who are listening on this fairly uh, grey, almost wintry day. It is, but the way, isn't it? Yes, I woke up this morning, it was raining and wet and all that. Yeah. Well, it is nearly June. Put a jacket on. F- first day of winter officially coming up. Uh, six days. In six days' time. Mm-hmm. There we go. Well, the big one, of course, the leadership change. We, I don't think anybody was expecting that, and a lot of people were saying, who's Todd Maher? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, when I was sitting here this time last week, I didn't think I would be sitting here again today, yeah. and I certainly didn't think that I'd be talking to you about what we're clearly about to discuss. So that old saying, a week's a long time in politics, Surely. has certainly been borne out. Firstly, could I just apologise for David Bennett, who would would have been on this yep. morning. He has a commitment out of town this morning, so he asked me if I would uh, fill, it, fill in for him, so he'll come in next week. Not next, when, not next week, because oh, Queen's, Queen's birthday. birthday. Well, so if he can come in on the 8th, I'll, so I'll leave a notice. Presumably we'll get into an yep. alternate pattern from yep. here on, but apologies uh, yep. to those who are hoping to hear from him this morning. Yes, last week was quite dramatic, and uh, firstly, congratulations to our new leader, Todd Muller, and Deputy Leader Nikki Kay, but also mm. I would like to um, commiserate with Simon Bridges and sure. the outgoing Deputy Leader, Paula Bennett. Politics is a tough game yes, sometimes. Sounds like it. I do feel for them both. Um, it hasn't been easy. It never is easy trying to lead the opposition. It's often described as the worst game in politics yeah. or the, the worst job in <clears> politics. <throat> and add to that the fact that uh, for the last few months, clearly in the extraordinary COVID-19 circumstances we've faced, it's been yeah. very hard for the opposition to get any media coverage. At, at the same time, the Prime Minister was on TV once, twice, e- three times a day. Every day. I mean, it's been wall-to-wall um, coverage of the PM as she's led the, the health response along with Dr Bloomfield and many people actually had come to the conclusion that he was part of the Cabinet <laughs> just because of the, the yeah. nature of their daily appearances. Yes. So inevitably the polls had started to um, reflect the, mm. the, the huge coverage and also the, the warm sentiment towards the Prime Minister, yep. who has a very empathetic style, and I think that was being appreciated. And uh, Simon and Paula got shut out by that. So perhaps uh, the the polling of last week, ref- I, I, I think, reflected that, not necessarily where people are thinking about political decision-making, particularly as we yep. focus on the economic recovery, which the election campaign will be all about. Mm. Um, but nevertheless, that, that's it. So... Finally, to answer your question, who was Todd Muller? Todd is uh, an experienced um, person in the political sphere. He worked in Jim Bolger's office when Jim Bolger was the Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. He's either a former president or certainly um, a student association executive member at the University of Waikato, so he has good links here. He did some lecturing or tutoring here uh, as well at that time. Mm. Um, Went on to have... very distinguished career in agribusiness, holding senior roles both with Fonterra and with Zespri. So, so mm-hmm. well connected, obviously, both to kiwi fruit, which is in his Bay of Plenty region, and to the dairy industry, which I think will be very 
reassuring to mm. our primary producti- production sector, who are going to be such a crucial part of rec- yes. uh, the recovery. When Tony Ryle, the former MP for Bay of Plenty and high-profile cabinet minister, announced his retirement, Todd successfully contested the nomination for yep. National in Bay of Plenty. It's a very safe seat for National, yep. so came into Parliament. He's been here for six years, or been in Parliament for six years. During that time, he's been involved in the Foreign Affairs, Defence and Trade Committee, but also actively involved in the climate change space. Good. Did a wonderful job for us as our climate change spokesperson, shepherding us through the very long and difficult um, discussions over a new sort of climate change approach, and in particular what led to the cooperation over the Zero Carbon Act, Mm -hmm. while still staking out a clear position for National where we disagreed with aspects of that act but he as i say was very highly regarded and formed a good relationship with people across the house which was widely noted and in more recent times he has been our agriculture spokesperson which has also meant that he's very well known in the provincial sector but by his own admission not so well known in the major centers but i think already that is changing as people have seen him in action since he took the leadership on friday afternoon well he certainly got the job and a half ahead of him four months out from a Election. That's true, and everybody recognises that that is very challenging. Um, the clock is ticking, and he has hit the ground running. I think his media appearances over the last 48 to 72 hours have been yep. outstanding, yep. and I've received very, very positive feedback, not just from National Party members, but uh, from the public at large. Yes. I, mean, I was out and about at the base yesterday afternoon for a while and uh, my own local supermarket, and the feedback from people who are just sort of casual observers, not necessarily politically aligned one way or the other, was very impressed. They they like what they've seen so far. And from my point of view as a National Party MP, I obviously have to hope they continue to like what they're seeing Absolutely. right through to the election and beyond. So it's going to be a, a pretty quick one there, and the economy is going to be a, a, a big effect. He's already come out in favour of small businesses. Yes, I think that's a very smart move. Small businesses have suffered in particular through the lockdown and I know just from my own efforts as the local MP for Hamilton West how many small businesses approached my office, me personally, for help accessing wage subsidy assistance and that type of thing and many of them are still really struggling while customers are starting to go back through the doors of some retail outlets. They're not going through all the doors and stock orders have been upended by... Mm. um, freight disruptions and all the rest of it. So it's still very, very difficult for many in the retail sector. And I think for Todd to say he'll get alongside them and all small businesses, because they're obviously not all in retail, uh, sends a very clear signal that he understands how much uh, pressure they've been under. He understands the fact that as a country, people want to feel that their livelihoods are secure. Many have lost their jobs during the lockdown. Unfortunately, many more look likely to do so. We've had Mm. a 1,000 people going onto the dole queue a day at the height Mm. of this, and that's staggering and very, very frightening for a large number of people. So it's a very good signal Mm. that if Mm. he becomes the Prime Minister, he will take that portfolio. And obviously, in the run-up to the election, it means that he's watching very carefully and taking a leading role in shaping what we think will be appropriate policies for the election for people to look at and say, okay, this is what we'll get if we vote national. Trade prospects, of course, are big ones, and he's already mentioned uh, extending the bubble, as, yes, as it were. Yes, And that could be good. Well, we are 
an export-reliant nation. Our export receipts are hugely important. Yep. And therefore, having somebody with his background in primary production and in agribusiness is going to be really valuable. He is a diplomat. He's a person who commands respect uh, and is already known... uh, I'm not going to suggest he's well-known abroad, but he certainly has established those connections, which, again, will assist him to work alongside whoever might be our trade spokesperson going towards the election as we, again, focus on how we take advantage of what... You know, we've sort of stopped talking about Brexit at last, but there are are advantages there for developing a relationship. There's clearly more work that we can do to keep building the relationships with America, with India... China's obviously incredibly important to us as our Australia. So, yes, lots of work there, opportunities, but those relationships need to be strong and then the hard work needs to go into right. to, to showing that we've got produce that the world needs and we have a great reputation as a producer of, of food, um, dairy products and the, and the like, and, and, and our meat is of a, the highest quality, so yeah, we, sure. we need to get out there and sell it, and we need to diversify our hmm. markets to make sure that we're not buffeted around by being too reliant in one particular direction. Fair enough. Now, the other thing, of course, I was going to ask you is, uh, has he named a shadow cabinet at this stage? Uh, that is likely to happen today. He confirmed on Friday, in again, what I thought was a good move, that Paul Goldsmith will retain the finance spokes okay. in his role. Yep. Uh, Paul was number three in the lineup, and I, I expect would remain there. Um, I think you probably have those details out later today, okay. and maybe you'll be able to discuss those with um, David next week. Oh, sorry, in a fortnight after fortnight, his yeah, birthday. Yeah. My, my instinct is that he will be cautious. I don't think there's going to be major upheaval. I think most of us would probably expect to retain... Whatever. Some yep, or all yep. of our current portfolios, because after all, we've been working in those areas, uh, helping to develop the policy, and you wouldn't sort of say, write everybody out, let's have a complete... <laughs> I better not say too much more, because I don't know. No, uh, of course there will be some new faces, <clears throat> there will um, be some new people on the front bench, there will be a mm-hmm. little bit of um, rejigging, but I wouldn't think it would be dramatic. I think right. it will um, just signal a few key changes in one or two of the main portfolios and inevitably there are winners and losers in that sort of game. He'll yep. want to minimise the mm. risk of too many losers because now the important job is for us all to be absolutely united and out there, energised, yep. focusing on the job we have to do because we know that this election campaign is going to be incredibly challenging. Yes. I believe it's winnable. I absolutely believe it's winnable but I know how challenging it's going to be and it's incumbent on us all now to say, okay, the leadership contest is behind us. Now let's get behind the new leadership team and work yep. as hard as we can as one team to put our best foot forward for the National Party and to deliver the best program for New Zealand. Fair enough, too. Well, that's certainly going to be a big job. And, uh, of course, uh, the election coming up is going to put pressure on everybody and, uh, and so forth. The uh, coronavirus uh, has been uh, downgraded a bit. Are we possibly going level one today, do you think? Not today. Uh, I understand that the Cabinet will be looking at the question of what a move to level one would look like right. so that they can okay. get more yep. details. Whether they'll signal that we're moving to level one fairly soon remains to be seen as, as an opposition member of Parliament. I just don't know. Maybe when you talk to Jamie a little later in the morning, he'll be able to tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that uh, there is a strong feeling out in the community that... 
we've done well. We don't want to jeopardise the the gains we've secured right. as far as effectively um, curtailing COVID. No one's suggesting for a moment it's gone away completely. No. It's, it's a really tricky virus to deal with in that mm -hmm. sense. But we have done well. Nevertheless, now, while maintaining those gains, we have to ensure that we can get back to business. We have to ensure that those who are struggling mm. have an opportunity to start earning a livelihood once more because otherwise there's going to be huge, huge pain. There's already been a lot. Mm. Um, and if, if they can't resume normal activity pretty quickly, yes. I think that uh, the long-term damage is going to be huge. And part of the debate will be Obviously, there's going to have to be quite a lot of borrowing and there's going to have to be a lot of expenditure in right. key areas. Who's got the better, more focused plan for delivering uh, expenditure that is responsible and will hit the mark? In other words, achieve the goals that we all want to see rather than just sort of spraying it around, yeah. which we in the National Party believe the government are doing at the moment in a fairly irresponsible way. And we will... But, yeah. While some people say, oh, you shouldn't be criticising the government at all. Well, of course we should, because we've got to be able to show where we differ. Yep. And we differ very strongly on this approach to economic management because right. we're talking about money that we don't have. We're talking exactly. about money that will have to be yep. borrowed yep. and that our children and our grandchildren will be paying back for a very long time to come. Yeah. And we'll be campaigning on saying we've got the proven track record after we, we got us through the GFC, mm -hmm. we got us through the Canterbury earthquakes, we had Pike River and the, the Rena disaster and all and um, floods yep. and droughts and the PSA outbreak and the Kiwi Fruit industry, etc. Lots and lots of challenges. And I think we've got a good track record and we'll be showing we can do that again. We must invest yep. in ways to create growth, save jobs and save livelihoods. Yeah, because the ec economy in the long term is going to be affected right around the world, really. Absolutely, absolutely, <coughs> and it, it is already. Yes, and in that sense, we're going to uh, take a few hits and uh, probably struggle, as you say, mm. through our children and mm. even grandchildren, perhaps. Mm. Mm. It's uh, something that nobody ever predicted. I thought the 2020 was underway yeah. and going yeah. well and everything was absolutely. The first five months of this year, even the last three months, have been utterly extraordinary. Mm. There's no doubt about that. So the um, coronavirus is still there, but it's, uh, I think we've got it under some control at the moment. Um, things will need to get back to something like normal by August if we're going to have an election in September. Well, it looks increasingly likely that we will have the yep. election in September. Yep. After all, it's less than four months away, yep. and I think it was going to be delayed. We'd have heard by, by now. Uh, obviously, if there was a setback, maybe you know we were pushed back mm. to level three or something, then that would have huge implications. Yep. There are problems. It's it's difficult. We're all in sort of a bit of a phony election campaign mm. at the moment. I'm out yep. there as a candidate doing what I can yes. to try to um, connect with voters, but I can't go knocking on doors. I can't go shaking people's hands. Um, so I'm having some individual meetings. I can't hold my normal public meetings. Right. Uh, if I did, I'd only be allowed to have 10 people at them. So things are difficult at mm. the moment from a campaign perspective. And yes. I would hope that we will get to level one very quickly to enable us to have a campaign that's as close to normal as usual. Right. Because the electorate has to be able to get out, feel that they meet the candidates, hear what yep. we've all got to say, and then can make a considered choice. Because churches are in a sticky sort of position, yep. and particularly for funerals, there's one at the cathedral today, and uh, one of the yes, Franciscan brothers, I think one of the last of them in New Zealand, passed away. Uh, but they can only have 50 people at it, mm. and others 
can stand around outside, but as, as I understand it. Well, a couple of weeks ago in Parliament, I was arguing very, very strongly for churches to be able to meet and worship yep. uh, with up to 100 people. And I am absolutely convinced that all churches would have appropriate measures in place to enforce mm. the physical distancing that we know would be required exactly. and to en engage in the hand sanitising, the contact tracing, after all, they'd know who most of their regular parishioners were anyway, yep. and just make a note of the fact that Brian Smith and Tim McIndoe turned up at the 8 o'clock service or whatever. Um, and I felt it was utterly heartless that people who were planning for funerals, as we knew we were coming out of Level 3 to Level 2, were still told that they would be restricted to 10 people. Mm. We in the National Party argued very strongly on that and got a win. We, got a win. we saw that um, changed to up to 50 people because the government came up under such pressure and we were being flooded with emails mm. and messages saying, thank you for what you're doing. It, it is being noticed. Please keep going. But we've still been arguing as strongly as we can for not just churches, but synagogues, mosques, yeah, uh, Buddhist temples, Hindu, Sikh temples, you name it. We've got lots of different houses of worship and, and f styles of faith yeah. in this country. All of them deserve a chance to worship in a way that um, would, would be contained under COVID restrictions, yep. but should not be restricted to a number that makes no sense. And after all, yeah. to suggest that you can only have 10 people in a church but you could have 30 people plus a referee running around on a rugby field. You've got all the children back in the classrooms at school. Yep, yep. Strip clubs can operate. I mean, for goodness sake, this is just insulting, yep, offensive yep. nonsense. Yep. And it needed to be called out, and we have done. And I hope that we will hear of more um, relaxing, because why you would signal places of worship out for tougher regulations makes no sense. Can I give you another silly example? Let's say there are 15 children all in one class this morning in one mm. of our local schools here in Hamilton. Who, oh sorry, there could be 30, 35 children in the classroom, in a primary school classroom, but 15 of them belong to the local scout group. They spend all day in class together. Then at the end of it, they could go into the hall next door with the, where the scouts meet, but only 10 of them would be allowed oh. to be there. Now, that's just nonsense yeah, yeah. and um, it needs to be called out and mm. some common sense needs to be brought into play because if you don't have common sense you end up with laws and rules that the public doesn't respect right. and where you don't have respect for the law you very quickly get breaches of it right. and it undermines the whole system really yeah well there we go I think that's uh, very interesting to see where we're going to go and talking to you and about uh, three weeks time mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what we're talking about then mm -hmm. and um, I, I gather listening to the news earlier there's been quite a strong earthquake in, in the middle of the North Island so oh, I goodness. haven't picked up anything about that yet but there may be more on the news later um, so yeah if, if the effects locally things are coming back and so forth I just wanted to finish with any word on Simon Bridges where does he go from here well, I hope that Simon will be given the time and the respect that he deserves to make his own decision. I simply don't know. I commiserated with him after the result mm -hmm. on Friday, and I felt he was gracious in the way he accepted what had happened. He's got a lovely wife and family, young children, yes. uh, and um, his wife is British, so who knows, maybe he might decide to go off 
sure for a little while he could go back to his career in the law. He was successful in the law, working yeah. as a Crown Prosecutor in Tauranga before he entered Parliament. He's still a young man, only 43, and uh, he could also, of course, be um, a senior figure in the next mm. national government with a with a good portfolio. So I don't know as what his thinking is, and I hope that he'll be given time to make the right decision in consultation with his wife and thinking about what's best for them and their family, because he's worked incredibly hard. I've seen how challenging the role is and how much effort he put into it, and he he is very unlucky, but uh, I also have huge admiration for Todd Muller, who is a very fine man, an intelligent statesman-like empathetic character right. and I believe that he will resonate with the electorate and naturally as a member of his team I'll be working as hard as I can to support him. The important thing now is we unite behind our new team while showing compassion to those who have uh, unfortunately for them paid the price of, mm. of circumstances largely beyond their control. Exactly. Well I think with the time moving on to quarter to nine they're uh, going to have to uh, Pull a stop to it. Indeed. We'll yep. see you in three weeks' time anyway. And uh, there's no um, breakfast show with me no. behind it next week, I don't yes, think. And even if I am here, we wouldn't want to draw the uh, politicians in <laughs> on Queen's birthday. No, I'm sure everyone will look forward to so, Queen's birthday holiday. And yep. uh, let's hope it's not too wet and cold by then. But we do need the rain. We so, do, uh, yes. To everything there is a season, and let's enjoy this one. So, <laughs> David, in two weeks' time, you in three weeks' time. And uh, have a good three weeks in the meantime. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. God bless. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.